Blog Talk Radio. Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Make me to lie down in green pastures. Leave me beside the waters of rest. Christian Survival Radio, the 23rd day, day after Thanksgiving, 2018, many call it Black Friday. There'll be a lot of activity today amongst the merchants. Before we get into the Word of God, let us pray. Precious Heavenly Father, we thank you today, Lord, for your presence, for your power, for your Word that forewarns us and gives us strength as a lamp unto our feet. We ask you today that your revelation will come forth. Lord, you said you're no respecter of persons, Father. We ask you, Lord, to pour out your spirit in these last days upon those that are hungry and thirsty after a move. We ask you today, Lord, that you would touch the hearts and lives of many today, of many families today, of many going through situations, Lord, they have no answer for. I know today, Lord, that you are a high tower and you are a present help. In the time of trouble, we just dedicate this to you today, Lord, asking you to have your way. You said, not by power, not by might, but by your spirit, saith the Lord. We give you honor and praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. We've been in the book of Revelation, took a little break yesterday, and uh, deviated to another part of, of the word of God. We said, let not your heart be troubled. And today we're going to, before we get into, uh, I believe we left off chapter 5 of Revelation. Before we get into chapter 6, I want to go to Daniel 9. Daniel 9, the latter part of this of this chapter concerns the 70 weeks, 70 weeks of years, as Daniel was showed by the uh, the, uh, the angel Gabriel. The first part of this particular chapter, which we're going to focus on today, is Daniel realizing that, uh, according to the prophet Jeremiah, that the 70 years of captivity was about to end for God's people. Remember, the false prophets said the the prophecy or the the captivity will not last 70 years, and it'll end here and end there, but... uh, Daniel prophesied, and I believe Jeremiah prophesied that uh, you need to build your houses there because because you're going to be there for a length and time of period, which was uh, uh, appointed by God. God's appointments mean something. When God appoints a time and a period, uh, it's a kairos. It's a, a particular appointed time where God carries out something that he has spoken. Uh, let every man be a liar. Let God's word be the truth. And uh, such a chapter as Daniel 9, how could it possibly be contemporary with, uh, with today's society? What well, is? Very, very, very contemporary. Now, Daniel went to Babylon uh, as a young man. God. Uh, Showed him favor. He was a prophet. He was a statesman. He had uh, high places in government under all the uh, uh, the leaders of that particular area. And uh, today we're going to talk about the first year of Darius, which was the Mede, which is the second on the uh, uh, the rung, so to speak, of the great uh, giant man or what do you want to call it, the image where God laid out the Gentile dispensations and the Medes are the second to come in. After Belshazzar uh, brought the articles that 
his grandfather brought from Israel, and he decided he was going to uh, to defile the the articles from the temple of God. Of course, this fulfilled prophecy of Darius the Mede coming in, and and Babylon fell in that night because of the writing on the wall. Daniel here, uh, Daniel was a praying man. The Bible says. Uh, he, three times a day, would open his windows towards the holy city, and he would pray. And he was a devout a devout man of God, a praying man of God, who God used greatly. And he was a prophet of God. He was a statesman. He was a man of God. His convictions were true. He did not lack conviction. He believed God, regardless. So did his, his uh, comrades, so to speak, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, we know, their incident in the furnace and how they believed God, that God would deliver them, set them free. And the heat in this world is being turned up. We're not living in the day of the white picket fence. We're living in the end times where the Bible declares that pressures will increase. And as pressures increase, we're going to need to know who our God is. We're going to need to repent for our sins. All of sin that comes short of the glory of God. I'm talking to no perfect people today, myself included, that we need to spend more time in our prayer closet. Uh, be be aware of the we that, that we were made a little lower than the angels, that uh, that we have the capacity the capacity to sin. That if we don't if we open doors or we don't stay where we need to be with the Lord that uh that, that sin will certainly enter in. So Daniel here prays for his people. This is the first half of chapter 9. Very, very important. He's praying for his people because the 70 years is about to end. And uh, 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 Cyrus is about to declare them to go back and rebuild the city where God's people return back to the holy city after 70 years which was prophesied by Jeremiah the prophet. Daniel 9 verse 1. In the first year of Darius, the son of Asarias of the sea of Medes, which was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans. This is him uh, taking power after Belshazzar, Nebuchadnezzar's grandson. And now we enter into the time of the Medes and the Persians. So this is um, the chapter that foretells a prophecy in which uh, foretold the time of the Messiah's appearing. Remember, Jesus Christ concealed in the old, revealed in the new, and even appearing to the very, very year of his crucifixion. The chapter will detail Daniel's third vision, the 70 weeks of years or 490 years, and their application to Israel. This is, this, this is talking about Israel. Remember the, the giant statue depicted the Gentile dispensations, the time of the Gentiles. Uh, the Bible declares there's coming an end to the time of the Gentiles when then God starts to deal with his children or his land, his people, Israel. Or not out of the picture. I've said this many times that, that that there's no entity or power, and certainly not the church, has never taken the place of God's chosen people. They are the apple of His eye, and He will deal accordingly. And the Bible declares in the Book of Romans that Israel shall be saved. The Bible declares that now, for time and a period that they are judicially blinded, partially. The Bible declares they know who God is. But they're not sure of the Messiah, but they will be in the days to come. So in the first year of Darius, the Bible declares that he was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans. Verse 2, in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood, speaking the first person, by books, or the, books of, or the book of Jeremiah, the number of years whereof the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolations of Jerusalem, just as he prophesied. 
it come to pass. Now, for confirmation of that, we go to Jeremiah 25. We're going to read verses 11 through 12. And Jeremiah spoke, and this whole land shall be a desolation. Why? Why? Why was God's city, God's land, desolate? Because of disobedience, idolatry, complacency, lukewarmness. They just were not dedicated to God. They had abused God's holy temple. They had set up rooms in the back, the Bible declares. Out front, they looked like they were worshiping the true and the living God, but their back rooms, now listen, were full of, uh, we read in one place of scriptures where that they they actually worshiped Tamaz, which is supposedly the son of Nimrod and Samarias, that they weeped for Tamaz, a uh, perhaps a fictional character. Many said that, that he was uh, um, um, Nimrod incarnate. But anyhow, a false deity, something that wasn't real, but yet they would take these these uh, 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 false gods this, and, and, and get so involved in idolatry and so emotionally involved. We see that on the mountain when the prophet Elijah faced the prophets of Baal black road prophets of Baal and they got so worked up and fervent that they began to cut themselves and call on their God who was who they called Baal and of course he did not answer but yet putting all their energies into something that wasn't real he said if God be God then worship God if Baal be God then them worship Baal, but we know that Baal did not show up, but God did. <clears throat> the Bible declares, Elijah said, "We, I serve a God that answers by fire. See, we serve the true and the living God, and every precept and every line of this book will be fulfilled. Trust in the living God. Let everything that's dead be severed from you. The Bible talks about unfruitfulness and how that we must pick off the unfruitful parts of our lives so that we can live. The Bible declares that Jesus Christ has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness and the power of God. He has provided at the cross the power that we might live in these days and thrive in these days and be fruitful Christians bringing forth the fruit of the gospel, the fruit of his passion, or the fruit of his suffering. He says, I understood the books of the number of years. Okay, so I read reading to you in Jeremiah 25, verse 11 again, and this whole land shall be a desolation and an astonishment, and these nations shall serve the king of Babylon 70 years, just as God spoke it. It came to pass that the word of God be yea and amen. Verse 12, and it shall come to pass when 70 years are accomplished that I will punish the king of Babylon and that nation, saith the Lord, for their iniquity and the land of the Chaldeans and will make it a perpetual desolation. In other words, it's going to punish the nation for punishing his people. Now, Daniel understood that the Babylonian, that the Babylonian captivity was to last 70 years according to to the prophet Jeremiah. Now, I told you before, the, the false prophets of that era, they contradicted this. And they encouraged the people to believe a lie. Now, the Bible says if we believe a lie, then damnation is heading our way. That's why the truth is so important. <clears throat> the only thing that sets us free is the truth of God. They encouraged the people to believe that the captivity would be a short duration. Through uh, Jeremiah and Mudballs, they... Uh, Threw him in jail. They, they they tried him for treason because he told the truth. They didn't want to hear this truth. They didn't want to hear that they was about to answer for their sins. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. For God is not mocked that whatsoever a man sows, so shall he also reap. So Jeremiah wrote to the captives at Babylon, and he told them to settle down for a long stay. This is Jeremiah 29. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, verse 4, the God of Israel unto all that are carried away into captivity, whom I've caused to be carried away from Jerusalem, and whom he's caused, God has caused. What's he tell them to do in this captive land? Build your houses. 
dwell in them, plant gardens, eat the fruit thereof, take you wives, begat sons and daughters, take wives for your sons and give your daughters to husbands, that they may bear sons and daughters, that they may be increased there and not diminished, for a future purpose. God always has a future purpose. And seek the peace of the city, whether I have caused you to be carried away, and pray unto the Lord for it, for in the peace thereof shall you have peace. Now, that's an interesting scripture. And seek the peace of the city, whether I've caused you to be carried away captives and praying to the Lord for it, for in the peace thereof shall ye have your peace or have peace. So what that's saying is they were in a foreign land. Now, the Bible declares we as Christians are sojourners, that we have no continuing city here, that Abraham, our father, by through Jesus Christ, we are grafted in. The word of God says, as Gentiles, that that he was looking for a city whose builder and maker and foundation was God. So we are in a very troubled, troubled, troubled world. We're blessed to live in America. But we need to pray for the peace of America that our we would have our peace. In other words, occupy. We're here. We're here to be to be an influence. We're not here to be necessarily be seen and be heard, but we are here to project Jesus Christ and him crucified. The Bible said, on this rock I shall build my church, the ecclesia, the called out ones. So the church is to have power. And through intercessory prayer, we are to affect that which is around and about us. He said, seek the peace of the city. Because you're here, a 70-year period. It's pointed out a man wants to die and then the judgment. We are on this earth. Many of us live different years. and many Some die young, some die old, some die in the middle of their life. But it's pointed, pointed out a man wants to die and then the judgment. But while we occupy, that word occupy is a military term, while we occupy, we are to project and be a witness for Jesus Christ. We are to uphold the word of God to a lost and a dying world. We are to be that light that is set on a hill, the Bible declares. For a light that's hid under a bushel, the word of God says, cannot be seen. The Bible says we are the salt of the earth. What does salt do? Salt is a preservative. When I was growing up, we had smoke houses. We'd have large freezers when I was growing up. We'd butcher hogs in the fall and we'd hang hams. In the smokehouse, they would be, be totally, totally saturated in salt. I can still smell that smell of that, of that pig fat, so to speak. But you would go out there, and there would be just a little mold over the ham, but yet the meat was preserved because of salt. Now, he says we are the salt of the earth. But he says if the salt has lost or left flavor or its, its uh, intensity or its use, in other words, it's no longer salt, it's just a grain of nothing. Has no effect on anything, has no influence on anything, doesn't preserve anything. Simply, it's still called salt, but yet it doesn't do anything. We're still called the church, but are we doing what God has told us to do? Are we stirring up the gift of God that's on the inside of us? Are we allowing the Holy Ghost to operate in peace? the way that he wants to, so to speak. Are we giving him full liberty in the house of God? Or do we stop and impede him? Do we do we put up roadblocks? Do we put time limits on him? Do, uh, do we try to make him fit into our little programs and our little scenarios, and our little situations? Or, or is the Holy Ghost the head of your church where you're attending? That's a simple question, is he? Is the Holy Ghost moving the way that he wants to move. Well, the Bible declares that the Holy Ghost can be grieved at times. I believe he's grieved today because we we as a people, we as a church are not allowing him to do what he's been called to do or what he's here on the earth for. He's God. He's the comforter. He's the leader. He's the guider. He's the teacher. He is the head of the church. He is the one that motivates the church. He is the one that gives power to the church. Not, not an it, but a he, the third person of the blessed trinity. So he says, seek the peace of the city because you're here. So you've got to occupy. 
You got to pray over where you're at. Maybe you don't like it. Maybe you don't want to be there, but you're there by divine appointment. There's places we don't want to be in our lives, we find ourselves, but yet we have to make the best of the situation and pray that God moves in that area or wherever we are plugged into. That we peace. So we pray for the peace of our homes. We pray for the peace in our churches. We pray for the, for the peace of our cities, our counties, our states, and our nation. That the influence of God would not die out. The song says, this world has been a wilderness. I'm ready for deliverance, but we haven't got there yet. And I know that's a mentality. People get mad. Well, you got this flyaway mentality. But the fact is, John even said at the end of the book of, of of Revelation, he said, even come quickly, Lord Jesus. Now, the Bible says the pressures are going to get so bad that we're going to want his coming. Now, you know, I don't deny that. And I don't know. So many people out there, well, I want to go through the tribulation period. I don't think you do. I don't think you want to go through the tribulation period. I don't want to. What's wrong with you? You're not, you're not a strong Christian. I know that when I'm weak, he's strong. I know that. And I know he sees us through. And I know he's the only one that keeps us. I can't even walk without him holding my hand. I, I know that I'm totally dependent upon him. I, many people say, well, you use him as a crutch. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Because I have no strength or power unless it's through Jesus Christ. So I don't think anybody wants to go through the tribulation because Jesus said this. He said, it'll be a time like has never been before. Now we see what's going on now. We're not even in the tribulation period. We see the pressures that men are faced with every day, and we're not even in the tribulation period. Some people say we are, but I don't don't see that. First of all, it's not according to the Bible. Things have to happen. But the Bible says, he that endures, endures, endures what? We, there are, there are pressures being a Christian. And our brothers and sisters outside of of this land are suffering great persecutions and pressures. Are we praying for those that's martyred for the cause of Christ? We, in this country, we are so distracted. America is a country of entertainment. We are, uh, have our eyes on everything else except upon the Lord. Our churches are plazas of entertainment. User friendly comes to mind. God never meant for His church to be a comfortable place. Wherever the gospel is preached, it should agitate us. Before a pearl inside of an oyster shell becomes a pearl, it must be agitated. There must be a process in this world. You have tribulation, but be of good cheer, for I've overcome the world. Okay. We'll move on and seek the peace of the city without cause you to be carried captive, carried away captives and pray to the Lord for it. For in the peace thereof shall you have peace. As he's saying, praying for your surroundings, pray for the things around you that affect you. Okay. Verse eight, for thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, let not, let not your prophets and your diviners that be in the midst of you deceive you, neither hearken to your dreams, which you cause to be dreamed. The Bible says believe every prophecy and believe until they're proven wrong. So the Bible declares there are those that prophesy falsely. What's the test? The test of time. Prophecy doesn't have to come to pass overnight. God works in areas and he brings things to pass as he would. God's sovereign. 
He knows the appointed time it needs to come to pass, when it needs to come to pass to have the utmost effect on whatever's going on at that time. But he says, don't listen to these diviners and these prophets in the midst of you who say they're dreaming dreams and that cause you and, and which you cause hearken to your dreams which he caused to be dreamed. He says they're false prophets. Paul said that there will be those that'll come in that'll be as ravenous wolves. They will be they will be wolves in sheep's clothing. They will be false prophets. They're hearing from a spirit, but not from the spirit of God. So the longevity and the prophecy coming to pass is the test. Is the test. And the other test is does it line up with the word of God? Jeremiah spoke what God said. These other prophets spoke was out of their heart, what they wanted to be and what they wanted the people to believe. They said, we're not going away for 70 years, but God said you were. And they did. Let every man be a liar, let God be the truth. Verse 9, for they prophesy falsely unto you in my name. Lo, I am there, lo, am I here, go not. I have not sent them, saith the Lord. So not everybody that, that calls themselves prophets, just a fact, are prophets. Those that speak thus saith the Lord and bring confirmation through the word of God. That's the test bench, is the word of God. If a prophecy deviates from the word of God, then don't believe it. Because it's a false prophet or a false prophecy. Verse 10, Jeremiah 29, verse 10. For thus saith the Lord that after 70 years be accomplished in Babylon, I will visit you, listen, and perform my good word toward you in causing you to return to this place, back to Jerusalem, after 70 years, after God's appointed time. Verse 11, I love this scripture. Many do, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace, you think God enjoys judging people, allowing things to come in people's lives to get their attention? Pressures that are upon us drive us to our prayer closets because we're human beings, and when things are going very, uh, fairly well, then we tend to forget. We forget God. We forget where we were brought from. But in this world, Peter said, think it not strange of the fiery trials. There has to be a reminder. Now, God doesn't bring things on us to destroy us or kill us. But he will get our attention through conviction, through the Holy Spirit. See, God, God, God's not up here with a lightning bolt ready to strike you dead. He loves you, cares about you. But the Bible says all things work to good for those that love God are called according to his purpose. That the footsteps of a righteous man, and when I say righteous man, that's mankind, are ordered of the Lord. So if I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you an expected end. What's good right there? Then shall you call upon me, and you shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. Your answer today is Jesus Christ. Call upon the name of the Lord. Taste of me. Try me, he says, and see if I'm not good. Verse 13, Jeremiah 29. And you shall seek me, and you will find me, listen, when you search for me with all your heart. Give yourself as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable before God, which is your reasonable service. He wants all of your heart. He doesn't want a part of you, half of you. He wants all of you. Verse 14, and I will be found of you, saith the Lord, 
and I will turn, listen, my Lord, this is good. I will turn away your captivity. Seventy years under the heel of another nation, nations in this case. What was fulfilled during the time of Daniel in Babylon, prophetically. He says, I will turn away your captivity, and I will gather you, listen, from all nations and from all the places, whether I have driven you or dispersed you, saith Lord, and I will bring you again into the place whence I caused you to be carried away captive. So the captivity was the plan of God. It could have been changed. How? By repentance. By acknowledgement. This is what Daniel's going to do. He's going to pray for his people. Going to pray for his people. Daniel knew the captivity began when he was carried away in Babylon in uh, 606 B.C. Now, 68 years have passed. He also knew that the prophet Isaiah foretold that Cyrus would issue the command for the Jews to return to their homeland. Isaiah 44, 28, that saith of Cyrus, he is my shepherd and shall perform all my pleasure. Even saying to Jerusalem, <clears throat> thou shalt be built, <clears throat> pardon me, into the temple, thy foundation shall be laid. Daniel's going to learn in this particular chapter that Israel's 70 years in Babylon was a type of a longer dispersion. That was to last seven times as long. 70 years are not, are not, are not the 70 weeks. They are separate. They are separate. So we, here we have Daniel knew that he was there 68 years. Daniel getting old. Getting old. But he still believed God. You, you can't Forget God in your later years. He's been faithful all of these years. Polycarp said, he's kept me all of these years. How can I deny his name now? <laughs> Coming down the home stretch, so to speak. Don't become weary in well-doing. A man that puts his hand to the plow and looks back is not worthy. Bible declares. Okay. Daniel 9, <clears throat> verse 3. And I will set my face unto the Lord God. Remember, he was a praying man. To seek by prayer and supplications with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. Supplication means earnest prayer. Not a, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. But that's nothing wrong about prayer. But earnest with 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 conviction, with a sense of urgency, that everything is at stake. Wow. That everything depends on our supplications with God, our communion with God. If my people that are called by my name will seek my face, I will heal their land. Malachi says he'll turn the hearts of the fathers back to the sons and the hearts of the sons back to the fathers. There's been much healing in the land today. And the family structure has been so under attack. So under attack. Many realms and situations and circumstances. House divided. The Bible says will not stand. He said, I set my face unto the, unto the Lord God. He knew where the answer was. He knew the prophecies. He knew the word of God, and he knew who to pray to. To seek by prayer and supplications and with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. Supplications, earnest prayer, sackcloth, is used in a time of mourning, a time of being humbled down. I like to use the word burlap. Their sackcloth. When I was a child, people would go to the feed store to buy feed for the animals, and they would come in burlap, burlap bags, a very itchy, very scratchy material. But every time, if you up against your skin, then it would irritate you. 
time of sackcloth. So Daniel set himself to prayer. In Leviticus 26, 42-46, that's what, what uh, the Holy Spirit wrote in this particular book. If they shall confess, listen, this is God speaking. If they shall confess their iniquity and the iniquity of their fathers with their trespass, which they trespassed against me, and that also they have walked contrary to me. He says there's a way out. He says confession of your sin is the way out. Now, this particular book was written by Moses. It's part of what they call the Pentateuch, or the five books of Moses. He says, if they shall confess, if they shall confess, 1 John 1, 9, if you confess your sins before God, he is faithful and true to forgive your sins. That's why Jesus shed his blood, that our sins might be forgiven us. Sin is the apparatus of, the apparatus of death. The Bible declares the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So in the Old Testament, Daniel knew this, if they shall confess their iniquity and the iniquity of their fathers with their trespass, which they trespassed against me, and that also they have walked contrary unto me. That's what he says. And that also have walked contrary unto them, have, have brought them into the land of their enemies. <clears throat> what does sin do? Drags us to the place we don't want to go. Cost us that which we're not even willing to pay more than we thought it would cost us. See, Sin has a price, certainly in this life and in eternity. The effects of sin is destruction, deterioration, depravity. And that also have walked contrary to them and brought into the land. That he said, you, you, you want to, you, you've made me your enemy. If then their uncircumcised hearts be humbled, and they then accept the punishment of their iniquity. What did Jeremiah prophesy? Seventy years. That's what he says. Verse 42. Then will I remember my covenant with Jacob, or Israel, and also my covenant with Isaac, and my covenant with Abraham. I remember, and I will remember the land. It takes repentance. The land also shall be left of them and shall enjoy her Sabbaths while she lieth desolate without them. That was one of the problems, too. They wouldn't do the Jubilee. They, he told them a year not to plant, and they planted anyhow. And they shall accept the punishment of their iniquity, because even because they despised my judgments and because my soul abhorred my statutes, and because their soul abhorred my statutes. And yet for all that, when they be in the land of their enemies, I will not cast them away. Neither will I abhor them to destroy them utterly and to break my covenant with them, for I am the Lord their God, a covenant God that doesn't break covenant. But I will for their sake, verse 45, remember the covenant of their ancestors, which brought which I brought forth out of the land of Egypt in the sight of the heathen, that I might be their God, and I am the Lord. These are the statutes and judgments and laws which the Lord made between him and the children of Israel in Mount Sinai by the hand of Moses. De Deuteronomy 30, beginning verse 1, It shall come to pass that when all these things are come upon thee, the blessing and the curse, which I have set before thee, and thou shalt call them to mind among all the nations, whether the Lord thy God hath driven thee. See, see, see here the dispersion of the Jewish people. So what happened May 14, 1948? They become a nation again. It's prophecy. Prophecy. All eyes are on Jerusalem, the center of the entirety of the earth. Deuteronomy 30, verse 2. And shall return unto the Lord thy God, and shall obey his voice according to all that I command thee this day, thou and thy children with all thy heart and with all thy soul. 
that then the Lord thy God will return turn thy captivity and have compassion upon thee. I will return and gather thee from all the nations where the Lord thy God has scattered thee. This is what's going on today, the influx of the Jewish people back to the homeland. If any of thine be driven out from the outmost parts of heaven, from thence will the Lord thy God gather thee, from thence will he fetch thee. Because of covenant, <clears throat> because of covenant he made with a man named Abraham, where he walked between the cut pieces in the figure eight. And Lord thy God will bring thee into the land which thy father possessed, and thou shalt possess it. And he will do thee good and multiply thee above thy fathers. And the Lord thy God will circumcise thine heart and the heart of, of thy seed to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, that thou mayest live. And the Lord thy God will put, put all these curses upon thine enemies and upon them that hate thee, was persecuted thee. And thou shalt return and obey the voice of the Lord and do all his commandments which I command thee this day. And the Lord thy God will make thee plenteous in every work of thine hand, in the fruit of thy body, in the fruit of thy cattle, in the fruit of thy land for, the, for good. For the Lord will again rejoice over thee for good, and he rejoiced over thy fathers. And thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God to keep his commandments and his statutes which are written in this book of the law. And if thou turn unto the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul. Isaiah 61.3 To point unto them that mourning Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. So here we see God dispersing his people out of, out, out of, out of necessity because of disobedience. I believe getting their attention we're going to see this in Daniel's prayer. Getting their attention. But he said, I will not break covenant. Will not break covenant. He said, I set my face to seek God with prayer and supplication, with fasting, sackcloth, and ashes. And verse 4 begins the confession before God. Daniel included himself. One, one of the greatest men that, that ever walked was Daniel the prophet, Daniel the statesman. Yet he was a man. And he was praying for his people as well as praying for himself. Verse 4, Daniel 9. And I prayed unto the Lord my God and made my confession and said, O Lord, the great and dreadful God, keeping the covenants. That word again, covenant. Remember that word covenant covenant all through the Bible covenant shows up in the New Testament the great covenant which was laid at the cross through Jesus Christ keeping the covenant and mercy to them that love him and to them that keep his commandments he keeps the covenant to them that love him if you love me Jesus said then you'll keep my Commandments. Peter, lovest thou me? He said this three times. Feed my sheep, feed my lambs. It's not a chore to want to keep his word if we love him. He said that the Lord, the great and dreadful God, on his wrong side, keeping the covenant mercy. Them love him. Deuteronomy 7 9. Know therefore that the Lord thy God is a God, the faithful God, which keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. So this is this is <clears throat> Daniel using the words from that book. As did Jesus use the same use words from that same book when he was tried in the wilderness by the devil. Nehemiah 1 5 and it said, I beseech thee, O Lord God of heaven, the great and terrible God, that keep a covenant and mercy for them that love him and observe his commandments. So we see a combination here. We love him, we keep his commandments, and blessing follows. You say, Well, that's not today, because yes, it's today. We love his covenant. His covenant today is Jesus Christ. We love the Lord. We accept him as Messiah. We become obedient 
under the hand of an almighty God. We come compliant with his covenant, see? We desire to walk in his righteousness, in his strength, in his power, knowing that there's nothing in us that can, can accomplish one thing. Daniel 9, 5, we have sinned and have committed iniquity. He said, we, we, plural pronoun, and have done wickedly and have rebelled even by departing from thy precepts and from thy judgments. What happened here? We have sinned. I have sinned. You have sinned. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God and committed iniquity, lawlessness, <clears throat> that which is against God's law and God's precepts, and rebelled. Rebellion is as the spirit of witchcraft. Manipulation is involved in rebellion. Even by departing from thy precepts and from thy judgments. Isaiah 53, 6, we all like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. This is the New Testament covenant. We have gone astray. We've all turned and went our own way. Yet God Almighty, because God so loved the world, John three sixteen, laid the iniquity of me and you upon Jesus Christ, bearing our sins in his body, making reconciliation. Receiving the wrath that me and you should have received through the new covenant, which is the blood of Jesus Christ. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. <clears throat> Daniel 9, 6, Neither have we hearkened unto thy servants or preachers, the prophets, which spake in thy name to our kings, our princes, and our fathers, and to all the people of the land. So we haven't hearkened to the servants or the prophets, who speaking to the kings and the princes and the fathers, to the hierarchy and all the people of the land. They haven't listened to the, 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 the word of God. Hebrews 1, verses 1 through 3. God, who at sundry times... And divers manners spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets. Now listen, this pertains to us. Have in these last days spoken to me and you through his son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the world, Jesus Christ the creator, who being the brightness of his glory and the expressed image of his person, upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, set down on the right hand of God. So Judah, the southern kingdom, northern kingdom had already been in captivity. The southern kingdom was, a, was the last kingdom to go into captivity. It suffered 70 years of captivity. Why? Because they would not listen to the true prophet, who was Jeremiah, who was raised up by the Lord. But they sure did listen to false prophets. And false prophets tickle behind the ear. False prophets give a false sense of security. False prophets don't tell us like it is. And then when the scourge comes, whatever comes, we'll have a bit more. And they choose to believe a lie. And when people believe a lie, they shall be damned. Verse 7. O Lord, righteousness belongeth unto thee. But unto us confusion or shame of face. Pardon me. As at this day to the men of Judah and to the habits of Jerusalem and to all of Israel that are near, <coughs> excuse me, that are far off through all the countries, whether thou hast driven them because of their trespasses, that they have trespassed against thee. O Lord, righteousness belongs unto you. Righteousness today is through Jesus Christ. But unto us confusion. Confusion means shame or paleness or a sickness. Isaiah chapter 1 tells us that the whole body is sick from head to toe, full of what he called putrefying sores because of sin and disobedience. Confusion and shame are faced as this day to the men of Judah 
and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem and all of Israel that are near and that are far off, though all the countries, whether thou hast driven them because of the trespass that they have trespassed against thee. So the reason for the dispersion was sin, disobedience. Sin will always get us in trouble, <clears throat> get us out of the favor of God. He won't quit loving you. He won't quit dealing with you. He's not going to leave you. He'll, he'll still be around and about you. But he, but, but the Bible says, my spirit will only strive with me. If we refuse Jesus Christ, then we rejected his plan. And the Bible says, because we refuse to retain God in, in our knowledge, that God will send a strong delusion. That's what's happening in this country right now. Strong delusion, even in the church house. Because Paul warned, I didn't. Paul warned, in the last days, there will be false prophets filter into the body of Christ. So how do we know the difference? We know the word of God and the witness of the Spirit. So this is Daniel's prayer. And we'll take up with verse 8 next time. I want to take my time going through this chapter. But this is Daniel confessing, and then later he's going to be showed a vision of the future and what's happening. All in God's plan. But we must humble ourselves before God and in due time, we'll be exalted according to the word of God. If you don't know Jesus Christ today, confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, that God Almighty, the Father, has raised the Son from the dead through the quickening spirit of the Holy Ghost. There we see the triune God, the Trinity in operation. Call upon the name of the Lord, and you shall be saved. By his stripes you are healed. He will chastise for our peace of mind. Seek him while he may be found. Call upon him while he's near. <clears throat> and know that days and times are wrapping up, rapidly increasing. He said, I must redeem the days and the time because the days and the times are evil. We're living in that day and that age. Don't put him off. Don't live another day without Jesus Christ. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you today for your word, for your power, for your spirit. And Lord, you've anointed it. And we'll come back, boy, we'll do that, what you sent it to do. And this is all about you. We lift up Jesus Christ that all men might be drawn unto him in these last days. God, heal the bodies. Lord, touch the minds. Lord, repair relationships. Bring the hearts of the fathers back to the sons and the, son, and the hearts of the sons back to the fathers. Lord, bring families together. Unite them and knit them in your common love and your mercy and your goodness. Become Lord of homes again. Become Lord of our lives. Become the Lord of our minds. Let you sit on the throne of our heart. Mm. Deliver your people, God. Because certainly we have sinned against you. Forgive us today of our trespasses as we forgive those that trespass against us. In Jesus' holy and righteous name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless till next time. This has been Truth in the Word with Pastor Jim Newsom on Christian Survival Radio. Our email address is truthintheword777 at gmail.com. May God bless each and every one of you. Keep looking up, for Jesus is coming soon.